podcast is brought to you by Vibby.com, the quick, easy way to make highlight videos of your very own. Simply log on to the site, put in the timestamps of your favorite moments, and watch as the highlights spring forward into a video of its own that can be easily shared across social media and other content platforms. This podcast is also brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log in today to bet on all of your favorite esports games and see if you have what it takes to win some Unicorns of your own. Who knows? It might be enough to win you one of those awesome prizes they have in their marketplace. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I'm a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to our final day of the EU LCS Team by Team Preview Podcast Series. We are here. We're finally at our last team to discuss. It has been a fun 10 days as we've broken down what all of Europe is going to be looking like this split. But it has come to a close with the team that ended up winning it all, and then immediately taking a vacation away from it all. It is now coming back to it all. And I could not think of anyone I'd rather break down all of this with than my good friend, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of these vacation memes. Like, come on. Let, let's, let's stop looking at the vacation memes. Let's focus on what they actually were able to accomplish in the regular season. Going from the challenger scene immediately into their first split in the LCS, and finally, finally winning Uncle Ocelot a title. That is that is the most important thing that's happened with this team. Uncle Ocelot finally got a title. Yeah, what a, what a title run it was. This is a team that obviously did an incredible job throughout the playoffs. It was not particularly close in either series they had. They were 3-1 over Fnatic in the semis, 3-1 over Origin in the finals. They were the one seed heading into the tournament. They were just a dominant team from start to finish off the back of Rookie of the Year perks, MVP trick. And now they've made what is on paper potentially an upgrade. Emperor and Hybrid are gone. Sven and Mithy, the high-caliber bot lane from Orihen, has now made their way onto G2, which makes this team look as scary as ever, and also frees up an import slot that may go to LSPL Korean uh, Expect, who is a top lane potential for this team, depending on how the meta goes. So Walter, when you look at how this team has re-geared after winning a title, what do you think about these moves? Well, Ocelot finally got revenge for the back door from Peke and Soaz <laughs> way back in, I think it was season two, season three, season two, season two, season two, the, the famous back door in which you see Ocelot and the rest of SK just out of their minds, can't believe they losing. It is one of the most heartbreaking moments I've ever watched in esports. So he finally gets to stab him in the back and take his bottom lane. And it's awesome it's great i'm so happy because <laughs> the champions of europe just retooled and just got stronger they got better mythian's vet is such an upgrade over emperor and hybrid and 
I, I'm excited. I can't wait to watch this brand. I can't wait to watch this team. I can't wait to watch more interviews with Ocelot as he builds up his European empire. This is great. Yeah, this is a very fun roster to look at on paper. You know, obviously, Emperor and Hybrid did a pretty good job throughout the season. There's a reason that Emperor was able to get a job back in Korea right away. And in Hybrid, obviously, was part of what ended up essentially being a switch with Origin. This is, these were talented guys, but Sven is someone that has proven now to be single-handedly capable of carrying a team to victory when the team needs him to be. This now means that G2 has two previous Rookie of the Splits on their roster, two of the best younger talents that we've seen. And adding in Mithy to that, Mithy is one of the best hard-engaged supports that we have in Europe. They've really done a, a very good job of creating an identity for themselves, and Sven and Mithy play into that identity quite well. This is a team that loves to have those initiations and roam around the map and use players that have a very good sense of the game to make up for not necessarily being the most vision-centric, objective-centric team. And Sven and Mithy play into that very, very well. Great laning presence, great team-fighting ability. This team looks scary on paper. And, and Walter, when we look at just how scary this team looks, what is the thing you're most excited to see? as it all comes together and they're trying to repeat here for the summer split. Well, I, I can't wait to see the continued progression of this team as a whole. All the players are all young players. They've only really been in the LCS for a limited amount of time. Um, I think Kickus and Mithy are really the two like long tenured ones. And I think this is like their fourth split essentially, that they both had. Mithy from his time on Lemon Dogs and Kickus from his time on Unicorns of Love. This is like either their third or fourth split. So watching that progress, watching the apparent friendship that Perks and Mithy and Sven have, and now I'm going to assume Trick, since Trick and Perks work so well together, watching all these young players continue to grow into their own is really exciting. We don't really have a team in any league where it is four younger, five younger players that are all growing their experience, growing their skills and whatnot all together. And then you have Ocelot, which is just, I love Ocelot. I'm, I'm unabashed in my love for Ocelot. I'm so glad to see him be successful with this team and make intelligent moves like going to get Mithy and Sven when they're arguably the best bot lane in, in Europe. So I just see this team in a very bright light with a bunch of really young talent. My only like qualm here is does G2 have these guys locked up long-term or if something quickly goes wrong, are people going to start booking? I mean, that is a concern in the long run, but in the short run, I have a feeling that things are going to work out quite well. And honestly, I'm not even that much worried about the long term because it's Ocelot. He has literally Ocelot money. Anyone who remembers when he got the gaming house back when they were a challenger team and it was a literal mansion knows that the guy is not afraid to invest a lot of money into his team and making sure that his players are happy. I really love the way it's come together. My one thing that I really want to watch is how much of an impact Expect has on this team. Expect, obviously, is a lesser-known Korean talent. He played on uh, Midas FIO back in the day in Korea. 
a team that was not very good, and he was not particularly good on it. But that was 2014. Since then, he's been on 2144 Gaming in the LSPL, where he didn't even manage to start most of the time there. So he definitely is one of those guys that you could declare as, as raw, for lack of a better phrase. But they signed him for a reason. Clearly, they see something in this guy. And depending on where the meta goes and how comfortable they feel with Kikis, it's very interesting to me that they just have this guy in his back pocket that they could pull out worst-case scenario and change things up, which honestly is the right place for it to happen. Perks, Van, Mithy, you know those guys are going to be solid week in and week out. Trick was the MVP last split. You're definitely not worried about him. Kikis was the one thing where, you know, compared to the rest of the league, he wasn't so far above the curve. And now they have an answer in case things go wrong in that regard. That just, to me, shows how well thought out this team has been put together and what Ocelot has been able to build. And it's why when I think about the best case scenario for this team, it's not just winning Europe, which I think they're very capable of doing. It's finding a way to thrive in the world championships, despite the fact that their performance at MSI makes it so that there will not be a one seed for them in the world championship. This is a team that can battle their way out of a lot of groups, no matter what they're plugged into, just because of the sheer talent they have on display. I know that obviously they did not look great at MSI, but I have so much faith in the players that are at hand when it matters, when they are actually focused on the game. They put in a time and effort that is just so clearly evident in their play. You don't have... This many good players. You don't have guys like Sven and Mithy leaving a second-place team, a team that made it to the semi-finals at Worlds last split, just to play for this team unless you have something really special going on there. So G2 is one of those teams where I could see this team not only just excelling in Europe, where they have to be the favorites to win the championship, in my humble opinion, but they could be excelling well beyond that, looking into the World Championship. They might be one of those teams that is truly scary to be reckoned with if they continue on this path. But of course, for every upside, there is a downside. So I turn to you, Walter. What do you see as the potential negatives when it comes to G2 Esports here? Man, it it kills me that I have to do the potential bad here. (laughs) But the, the potential bad that could happen is that some of these players hit a slump. They 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 fall off. the The roster change doesn't quite go as expected. It you know messes up their gold distribution, their resource distribution, all this kind of jazz. Things just don't quite work. And I think the talent on this team makes them a, a shoe in for the playoffs. But you could have some struggles. You bring up expect sitting on the bench and the fact that Kickus was not the best top laner in Europe last year. There could be a reason for him to change. Maybe that pressure of having someone sitting on the bench gets to him and he starts to fall off and it, you know, becomes some sort of Pandora's box. Um, you know, Trick and Perks were the best players in their position last split. Can they hold on for another split and, and beat off some of these other players? You're talking Fabivin, you're talking about Spirit, you're talking about Ryu and Yankos, all these other players that are all very good in their own right. Can they hold them back and continue to, you know, hold this mantle and maybe be, you know, co-MVPs if they play as well as they did last split? 
when you're number one, it's a very long fall. And there are very, you know, there's varying tiers that you can fall to. If you're number one in the spring, technically placing second in the summer is a fall. Technically placing third is a fall. For Trick, not being the MVP of the league is technically a fall. So it's just on G2's shoulders of how far do they actually fall down if there is any fall. Yeah, I mean, there is a concern, certainly in, in these areas, especially when you talk about the gold share. This is going to be the number one thing that G2 needs to address, and soon, because Emperor was below average in the LCS for resources given to him. He was sixth in the EU LCS in terms of gold percentage for his team. You know who the number one guy was? Sven. That's something where he's very used to getting those resources, and now those just aren't going to be there anymore, which is fine. You can make these adjustments, but they need to make them sooner rather than later. And as you said, it's going to depend on how quickly these guys can adjust. Even when Origin retooled their roster in a way that we thought was going to be an improvement last split, we saw how confused Amazing was at the beginning of where he should be going, how they need to be distributing resources, how the whole team is supposed to fit together. It's in play that it will take some time. But you know what? Origin had those problems in the regular season and then ended up getting second. I think this team is going to have more than enough opportunities now that we're in a best-of-two regular seasons format to be able to learn those lessons and be able to make whatever adjustments are going to be necessary. Walter, all of this taken into account, where do you see this team ending up at the end of the split? I see this team as a top three team. I think talent-wise, they're on par with the best in the world per their regions. I think Perks is probably the best mid laner in Europe. I think Trick is probably the best jungler. Zven has an argument for being the best AD carry. Mithy has an argument for being the best support. And even Kikis, although he was not the best top laner, did get better. He played better in that top lane than I think most people expected. And Ocelot went and tweeted out and said, boy, you guys, don't be worried about Kikis. He's going to prove why he's the top top laner in Europe this split. So they have a lot of promise. They have a lot of talent. And despite the improvements that teams have made below them, I think that top three spot and being one of the favorites to win the title is is pretty fair, given everything that's happened in the offseason. Yeah. Like I said, these guys are my number one until proven otherwise. I just think that they've come up with a system that is just so intelligent. They have this understanding of the game and where you need to be at the right time in order to make a play. And that's something you just can't teach. You either have that instinctive understanding of the game or you don't and you have to work on compensating for it with other ways. And now they have a team that is just... So intelligent. Kikis is one of those guys. There's a reason he was able to pull off all those pocket picks back in the day. He understands the game and understands holes where other people might not see them yet. There's a reason Trick was MVP. He has a great understanding of how to be in the right place at the right time. There's a reason Perks got rookie of the split. There's a reason Sven was rookie of the split when he was there in the summer. These guys are just so smart. And it's going to take a team that really comes in there and wants to just attack them time and time and time again and find the weaknesses that no one was able to find in Europe in the spring. I just feel so excited about this team. I cannot wait to see them perform. 
And I can't wait to see what you guys think of the podcast. It, we're done. We wrapped up the entirety of the European LCS. You can go back and listen to all of the other podcasts on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on iTunes at the Rough Draft section. If you subscribe, not only will you make sure to get all of our podcasts going forward, but you'll also be helping us out with the algorithms and everything that they do, so we always appreciate it. Remember, guys, that just because the previews are over doesn't mean our coverage of the LCS is done. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be back breaking down each of the Week 1 matchups in our Guess the Lines podcast. It's very much in the style of Bill Simmons when he does the Guess the Lines podcast with Cousin Sal as a point of reference for those of you who might be NFL fans. So definitely stay tuned for that. And Walter, if people wanted to get a hold of us on social media and follow us as we watch all of these games and continue to follow this exciting LCS split, where can people find you? Well, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And I am at Red Shirt King. Like I said, tomorrow, the Guess the Lines part of the podcast begins. We finally get to break down games, actual games against actual teams, where we'll see if our preseason predictions come to life. So until then, goodbye, Internet.